and it fits my background in terms of I left corporate life, a pretty well-paid job, because I wanted to do interesting, profitable work where I could decide the direction of the business. So it was a very personal, It's it's been a very personal business um, plan. It, it probably wouldn't be the traditional business plan. The things that motivate this business are not potentially things that you would take it in that direction if you were running it as a larger corporate business. Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Do the Woo, the WooCommerce Builder Podcast, episode 191. This show is brought to you by Clavio, your growth marketing partner for your clients or for your own business, and Wayflyer.com to help your clients who are looking for cash flow assistance with their marketing and inventory. I'll tell you more about our pod friends later in the show, but let's get started as Anna and myself chat with Janie Marslin about his plugins that bring blocks and full site editing customizations to your Woo product pages. Hey, Bob WP here, and with me today is my most prestigious co-host, Anna. Anna, who do we have on the slate? I mean, who is our special guest today? Hello, Bob. Together with us, we have Jamie Marslin. He's the founder of Poodle Press. He's playground for teaching WordPress courses and building WordPress plugins. Hello, Jamie, and welcome. Hi there. Thank you for having me on. So, I found a video of you baking a tart. And I have to admit that that's when it hit me that I can't wait to meet you. And also, that was like one of the rarest occasions when I was grateful for having watched a two-minute video, advertisement video, and not regretting it. So if, if you want to walk us through the process of how you did that, I would be really happy to know the story of it. So this is this is the video on the front page of our website, which was a real, it's, essentially, it's a metaphor. So it's a metaphor for WordPress websites. So it's me trying to, I get handed the instructions of trying to bake, make a Bakewell tart. It's a thing we have in England. It's a very famous place that makes these cakes, basically. So and I got handed these instructions on how to make a Bakewell tart. And I genuinely didn't know um, how to do it, which is quite embarrassing, actually, because my, my grandfather was a baker. He had a, he had a bakery uh, not far away from me. Um, so I get handed these instructions and I have the ingredients, but I'm, and then I have to go away and try and make a cake. And we video the whole thing. And it's genuinely done, honestly, me trying to make a cake with no with no recipe. And so the mes- the metaphor is, is like trying to make a website without understanding how to make a website without a recipe. So, and, be- and because uh, we are a part training business, part plug-in business, that was the metaphor that we used for the video. And, it's, um, it's, it, and it just follows me in my hopeless attempt to make a cake, which was hopeless, genuinely hopeless. But actually quite tasty <laughs> funny enough i ate it yeah I'll, I'll eat pretty much anything so i ate the cake and it, it looked terrible and i made lots of mistakes if you're a baker or any kind of any kind of cook go and check it out because i'm terrible um especially when i do the blind baking which isn't baking baking blind but you put like beans into the into the pan to try and wait anyway it gets it gets technical and then i muck up everything so it looks terrible but it actually tasted all right you made it look like a piece of pie, so I think that that's a great thing. Yeah, I mean, it looks okay. <laughs> but tell us more about Puru Press. What's the story behind it? How you come across the idea of building it? Yeah, so a very quick story. I come from a corporate background. Um, 
I started the business 10 years ago. I used to run a publishing company. Uh, so I've always been in corporate life before Poodle Press. I, I ran a couple of publishing companies, both private and public. And then it was time to leave that existence. Uh, I've always wanted to start my own business. So 10 years ago, I went off and climbed Kilimanjaro, came back and then started Poodle Press. And we started purely as a training business, a WordPress training business. Um, so about 10 years ago, you're too young to remember, Anna, but about 10 years ago, the, and in fact, Bob knows this as well, because Bob was, you were training people back then as well, Bob, weren't you, I guess? Right, right. Yep. We yep. were kind of doing the same thing. Um, but in the UK, when you looked at the WordPress training market, the only people that were offering WordPress training were offering it for £500 a day. And I kind of guess there was a market that didn't want to pay £500, £500 a day for a, a day's basic WordPress training to build a WordPress website. So I took out a Google ad and I started a course, or I wrote a course, and then I took out a Google ad and my course was £95 plus VAT per person for a day's course on how to learn WordPress. And within about four hours, I got my first order. So I kind of discovered this market of people, DIYers, which we all know about now, that didn't want to pay 500. I mean, they were literally charging five, 600 pounds a day for these courses. And that's where the business started. I started running group courses all around the UK, 10 people or 12 people in a room face-to-face. They bought their own laptops. I traveled all around the country. So I ended up doing them in Scotland, Wales, London, Manchester, all around the country, doing about three or four of these a day. So I've done a lot of miles over the years in terms of face-to-face training and trained about 5,000 people face-to-face, which is an incredible privilege in a way. And also you discover a lot about people, how people actually use WordPress. So that's how the business grew. And then about, I'm going to get my chronology completely wrong, but about five, six years ago, we started building plugins for a theme called WooThemes Canvas. Bob, can you remember when that was around? I've, I think I've got my time scales about right. Oh, man. I think so. Yeah. It's it's, um, yeah. <laughs> it's, mean, it, yeah. It's way back there. I mean, I think I bought my first Woo themes yeah. in like 2008 or so. I don't know if that sounds about right. 2008, 2009. Yeah. So. so, and then Canvas came out a bit after that. So, oh God, I can't even remember last week. So we're probably wrong, but, but we, we started building plugins uh, for WooThemes Canvas, which was kind of one of the first multi-purpose themes. Uh, so back then you had, I think you had Canvas, you had Genesis, and then you had Divi. They were kind of the the leading lights. And this is this is going right back to the start of the, the the real sort of theme explosion. And we built a few plugins for WooThemes Canvas. We built this little mes- menu customizer plugin and a few other cool ones. And we grew the plugin biz- the plugin business off that. So then we became a part training business and a part plugin business. Um, and then recently we built, um, since Gutenberg actually came into being, we've been building, um, plugins for Gutenberg primarily and primarily, primarily recently around WooCommerce and Gutenberg. Um, so if you look at our business now from a re- revenue point of view, we're probably 70% plugin revenue, 30% training. So I still do the training and love the training, but it's much less part of my world than it was. Although I'm kind of going back to that in some ways because I'm I'm being um, leaning into YouTube a lot over the last eight months and loving it. So that's kind of a, a quick snapshot of the business, I guess. Yeah. Thank you. That's beautiful. And, and this is an interesting question. It's actually, I'm going to steal one from Anna. Uh, <laughs> what do you think were the kind of the pivotal moments in these 10 years? I mean, was there, you know, because I've, I've been 
kind of alongside you in one way or another for quite a while. And you've done a lot of, um, you know, a lot of stuff in the woo space. So we're, but you know, if you picked out one or two, what were they the most pivotal you think for your business and for WooCommerce? Well, from a business point of view, it was, it was, it was finding this, it was finding this market of people that wanted WordPress training that, that would, that didn't want to pay 500 pounds a day. That was, that was a real eureka moment because a lot of stuff leads from that. Once you realize there's this market of people that want to DIY it themselves that it wasn't, it, I mean, we did have agencies actually coming on the courses as well that wanted to grow that move into WordPress, but primarily it was people that were running their own businesses or organizations that didn't want to spend lots of money with agencies and, and, or were spending lots of money on little tweaks that they didn't want to continue spending money on. So discovering that market was, it was a huge moment. And then really discovering WooThemes Canvas, Canvas, which, and WooThemes obviously got bought out by WooCommerce, by um, Automatic. So discovering Canvas and, and leveraging off that to build plugins around that and meet and sort of discovering the guys in Automatic as well. So it was a, it was a natural it was a natural sort of move from going from because we were in the canvas space the WooThemes canvas space it was a natural lead to go into WooCommerce because that's when WooThemes really exploded as well once once they I mean it was so quick when they released WooCommerce the growth of that was so astonishing and you could tell straight away I mean it was it was like a month you could see the downloads happening how how big that was going to be um and I think from a from a plugin business revenue point of view, it was kind of the decision to focus on WooCommerce because people, are, obviously, people that are building e-commerce stores are more prepared, in my experience, to spend money on plugins than just pretty designs. So you know that's where we've been fishing for the last few years, and that's definitely played out correctly. Have you ever had the intention of focusing on just one of the two lines of business? Or have you ever had a reason? Yeah, that's a good question. I honestly, lo I love training so much that I can't ever see that going in a way. And they they kind of feed into each other. Um, and it fits my background in terms of I left corporate life, a pretty well-paid job, because I wanted to do interesting, profitable work where I could decide the direction of the business. So it was a very personal, it's, it's been a very personal business um, plan. It, it probably wouldn't be the traditional business plan. The things that motivate this business are not potentially things that you would take it in a direction if you were running it as a larger corporate business. I'm doing this stuff because I love to do it in a way, um, which is, which is, it sounds a bit privileged, but that's part, partly what drives me is to, that's why we took, partly why we took the, Gutenberg decision because I was just genuinely interested in and I could predict where Gutenberg was going to go and it was interesting work um so I kind of I kind of what I'm trying to say is I enjoyed both bits so much I don't I wouldn't really want to let either one go I can really relate to that because I don't think I could be in any you know standard business model because I like to pivot I like to I, I mean people know me from the last decade or more and I, I i it is all personal for me and i've kept it small um for that reason and stuff and maybe you know and some people choose differently and that's cool but you know that i i can totally relate to what you're saying and we've had a few acquisition advances over the past year and they've 
it's it's great uh and that's you know that i'm not going to say that will never happen but part of the thinking on on those discussions is i just can't see myself fitting very nicely back into corporate life i mean i see i when i travel on the train and i see people commuting and they're working on these terrible 50 page powerpoint presentations it just sends a cold <laughs> shiver of hell down my spine and I'm sure, you know, I've kind of been that and I don't really want to, I don't, I've managed people for a lot of my, for a lot of my adult life. And I don't really want to sit there and listen to people crying in front of me anymore. <laughs> I've done too much of that in my life. You don't, you don't have to do that. No. That sounds like I was a really bad boss, but you know, when you're doing reviews on people and they they start crying, it's, it's a, I'm not sure I can do that. I'm not sure I can do that anymore in my life. <laughs> I was a very, I was a very good boss. So that I don't want to leave the impression that, that I wasn't, <laughs> but I'm not sure I want to, I'm not sure I want to do that stuff. I really love not having people's problems. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Okay. Then tell us more about the, the team you have, um, the team that helps you build these plugins. How did you make that yeah, happen? So do you cool. do you still do code? Do you still code? Yes. No, no, no. I'm, so it's it's all outsourced, and we have. Um, I've been working with uh, my lead developer for five years now, and then we outsource. So there's two main people, and then we outsource. Um, we have a flexing team when we need to. So it's very very small, um, and that's that's how it works really. Uh, but you know, with with the with the block editor, it's been fun to meet and work with other people as well. So my networks pretty strong now tell us more about that how how does that work for you are you involved in in about um tell us more about your plugins in the sense that i see on also on your homepage that you have at least six big you know up storefront plugins that you actively work on and they seem like the yeah. the closest to what um woocommerce needs right now to make this to bridge this gap between what the themes can provide and also when when some custom needs may be tell us more about that so we have yeah so we have a number of different plugins um we have one called uh we build the blocks which which has actually been um it's about two years old now so right right at the start of gutenberg we started building that that might be a bit wrong actually but about a year and a half two years old and that lets you customize the um woocommerce product page using gutenberg so you know we were kind of right out of the blocks uh and that's that's going great guns and um, so we built a whole bunch of blocks basically that let you recreate the single product page things like the product title block the add to cart block short description block tabs block um all the standard blocks that you need to rebuild your woocommerce product page plus some additional blocks uh that let you add extra stuff to that product page so things like us we we've, we've built some really cool stuff which not many people know about so there's a um there's a split testing block which lets you split test different versions of the product and then automatically pick pick the one that's converting the best. Uh, we have like a stop countdown block. We have a sales countdown block. We have a sticky add to cart block. So you can have a sticky add to cart at the top of the page. So we built these additional blocks um, over and above what you'd need to construct the standard product page. And that 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 lets you basically convert a, a normal WooCommerce product into a Gutenberg product that you can um, edit using Gutenberg. And we're just about to release a big version, which does two extra things, which I sent Bob yesterday a video of one of the things, which is 
it will support full-site editing. So you'll be able to use a full-site editing theme. And in that theme, you'll be able to go into templates. And one of the templates there will be the single product um, template. And you'll be able to actually use WooBuilder blocks to construct that single product template. And that's now working as a preview. And we'll be rolling that out as soon as we fixed a few uh, bugs that we've got with it. And then the second big thing that's coming to WooBuilder blocks is... At the moment, you just use WooBuilder Blocks blocks to construct this single product page. But going forward, you're going to be able to use those blocks on any pages. And so, for example, if you want to build a landing page, you'll be able to use the product title block, but then choose what product that product title is dynamically being pulled in from. And so you'll be able to add an add to cart block in that, in that page and then choose the product which, uh, which that add to cart block uh, relates to so it's pulling in dynamic data so you'll be able to use WooBuilder blocks outside of the single product page to construct things like landing pages and sales pages or, or a customized shop page for example so that's really cool as well so that's WooBuilder blocks uh, then we've got uh, another product called storefront blocks which lets you which has lots of fancy design layouts for your um, shop pages and category category pages so we've got lots of like a masonry grid layout and a flip book mason um layout and a, a slider block that in there but again which is used which is pulling um content in from woocommerce automatically and again the next step for that will will make that play nicely with full site editing so you'll be able to use templates you'll be able to create templates but have more fancy layouts for your woocommerce store uh, and then we've just released just pre-christmas a new plugin called block injector for woocommerce which lets you dynamically inject gutenberg blocks anywhere within your site but specifically within we've, we've kind of targeted that at woocommerce so for example if you want to dynamically inject a gutenberg layout within the single product page you can use block injector to do that you, you can basically inject it in specific places in with within woocommerce so for example like your cart page or your checkout page or your um my account page but then you can also inject inject those layouts in specific locations within those pages which is really really cool and you see you see that in a few other um that functionality is available within a few other pro themes like cadence and Bloxy. but this is kind of theme agnostic so you can use it on on anything which is really cool and then we've also just released with that or just about to the ability to target that on certain conditions. So you can say, right, just target all products, but only products that have sold out, and then just display this message dynamically on all those products. Or, or you can display, you can say, right, this Gutenberg layout, I just want to inject this in this place on all products that are for sale. So it can, it's really, it's really, um, it's really interesting and cool. And that's that's uh, called block injector for WooCommerce. So those are the, those are the kind of three newest Gutenberg WooCommerce plugins. Uh, that we've built recently we do have some other ones but those are kind of they're the most shiny ones i guess because they're the newest ones and really gutenberg focused and then moving on to, they'll be moving on to full site editing i'm so happy i described full press as a playground because it looks like you have a lot of fun building nice stuff i'm just curious how do you decide what to build next how how do you make this um Really, from the feedback from our customers and also the training. Again, that's why the training leads into it. And partly it's stuff I want to build that's fun and interesting. <laughs> but, you know, you don't stray too far from what you, what you, what you come from. And, um, you know, 
so I kind of I have a fairly good hit rate in terms of knowing what people are going to be wanting to to use and will pay for um, and what we're good at as well so um, and this year really we've got no we won't be releasing any new plugins we'll just be going deeper into the ones we've got primarily around we build the blocks and full set editing storefront blocks and full full set editing um, and block injector just adding more and more functionality into those. So the, the core kind of plugins are set now for this year. We'll just be going deeper and deeper into building out a functionality on them. Now I have a question that with everything all done and said that you're doing, our audience, a lot of them are not, you know, the store owners, the users, that is obviously a huge part of your customer base because they're able to do all this stuff. Are you finding that developers, the the people that are actually, you know, did more with code and they're building sites for clients, are they starting to lean more towards things like your plugins that are, you know, I guess you could kind of uh, define as no code, you know, in a sense, because, because they're just realizing, you know, why am I doing all this extra work when there's all these great tools now out there? So I, I just wonder what you see in that, uh, a space if you see some growth there yeah i think there's that's a, another interesting question i think there's there's i mean there's a there's a whole gutenberg thing right which a lot of the development community have been well that let me put it this way a lot of the communities that i hang out in i hang out in some good ones on facebook and other places they have been and still are very resistant to gutenberg um so they'll they'll almost use anything <laughs> they'll almost use anything they can get their hands on but gutenberg whether that's oxygen and bricks or um element or less so these days but that's obviously still getting enormous growth but there there is a it's really interesting actually bob because i i i feel the same resistance to gutenberg that i felt the same resistance to wordpress 11 years ago when i was running a publishing business and we had a team of very expensive german developers who were great by the way i'm not i'm not saying anything against them they were fantastic but i tried to bring wordpress into the business and it was the same it was exactly the same sort of slightly sneery attitude we used a we used a cms back then called ectron which was dot uh, net cms it was about five thousand bucks per site license and obviously wordpress was free and back then the development community was incredibly sneery about wordpress and I sense the same, exactly the same resistance, exactly the same arguments being labeled against Gutenberg. And it's been like that for two years. And I completely understand those arguments. And I get that there was frustration with the way it was implemented. But for me, it's been obvious right from the start that this thing is going to be unstoppable. And we'll get there. Everyone's going to get, not everyone's going to get there, but you know, the momentum from Gutenberg the arguments are almost forget the technical arguments. The argue, you know, if Gutenberg could be twice as bad as it is today, and it's still going to win, and the same with WordPress ten years ago, you know, it could be terrible today, and it's still going to win because of all the other factors that lean into Gutenberg and make it irresistible. You know, the outside factors, the ecosystem, the money, the investment that's going into it. It's just so obvious that it's gonna, it's gonna dominate. Um, and I, you know, I see the same the same thing in the development community today with their opposition to Gutenberg that, that we saw actually it's probably twelve years ago, twelve eleven years ago with WordPress in the development community. So I still see a lot of that in terms of um, 
you know, uh, lack of adoption, adoption with Gutenberg and resistance to Gutenberg. And, and obviously that plays into some of the stuff that we, in terms of the, some, some of the obstacles and challenges that we have as well. You know, I've been blamed for Gutenberg quite a lot of the time, you know, on, <laughs> on, on some forums. You know, people think I've written Gutenberg and they'll lay into me for it. It's an absolutely fascinating um, space we're in. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of the time I'm, I'm in dialogue with a lot of people that have objections to it. And I really enjoy those conversations, actually. I think it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting and fun place to be because they're all great people. They've just got, they've got, and a lot of their, their a lot of their um, problems with the Gutenberg are absolutely well-founded. But it almost doesn't matter in a way, that stuff, you know. Hey, Bob WP here, and I'd like to take a moment to thank two of our pod friends for their support of Do The Woo. Wayflyer is helping WooCommerce direct-to-consumer merchants improve their cash flow to accelerate growth through revenue-based financing for their marketing and inventory needs. Now, whether it's for you or your clients, signing up is free. An offer will be delivered in a matter of hours and one fee keeps it simple. They're the only trusted funding partner on the WooCommerce Marketplace and are featured over there in the Grow Your Business collection. So if you are looking to help yourself or your client with your store's marketing and inventory financial cash flow, just head on over to wayflyer.com. When it comes to your client sites, for WooBuilders, it helps you to know that 57% of consumers under the age of 35 are making online purchases more than twice a week. Yet nearly 70% of those consumers in North America have data privacy concerns when they shop. 5,000 online shoppers shared how they shop in 2021 and how they prefer to hear from e-commerce brands. So what does this mean for WooCommerce builders? Find out in the 2021 Clavio Consumer Report. You can access the full report and Clavio Friends of the podcast profile at dothewoo.io slash friends slash Clavio. And now let's head back to the show. Do you think you're kind of the tools that you're doing are going to make that transition a little easier or, or, or maybe convince them more that, you know, OK, I don't need to do all this by hand. There's these tools that are now you know, when they, when they get one over, I guess, you know, or, or, or could your tools actually be part of that winning over where they think, wow, you know, how, how much do I labor over creating this product page in WooCommerce, customize it. And now look what I have available to me. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. Um, and, and actually some people are making the journey, you know, in the, in the communities that I hang out in, they're definitely making the journey. Um, they're still angry, but they're they're um, kind of <laughs> they're on the road to to start using Gutenberg. Um, so yeah, absolutely. And actually, the the YouTube channel that I've kind of been going crazy on for the last six months has definitely helped some of those conversations as well. And they, those conversations often start very angry, not from me, but from the people that don't like Gutenberg. But actually, once you once you get into those conversations, they're really good. And I've made some really good friendships with people that started out being really quite antagonistic with Gutenberg. 
and you know i completely get it i completely get their their viewpoint um i guess i'm just a bit more cynical about it doesn't really matter it's going to dominate anyway so you know jump on the jump on the train in a way which i think you've said as well um bob at some point i remember reading you were kind of coming from that angle as well yeah yeah and i've I've done that essentially since i've gotten into wordpress even way back when you know with all the changes and things that was my attitude and i think it was coming in from you know running a, a business outside of wordpress wasn't corporate it was a small you know marketing company and i learned to be flexible in that marketing company and that what's made that last for you know 17 years and i thought okay i'm coming into this different community around this tool and you know i'm going to carry it on that way because that's that's how it's worked for me and it it always has worked for me so i think i think the thing is a lot of people feel this deep sense of ownership and community around wordpress which honestly i don't i love it but i don't have that sense of uh, that i'm part of a part of it i've always felt like it's just me not just me but i don't i've never felt like i have any input into it but a lot of people do and i think that's you know that's great and i think that's where a lot of their hurt has come from the way it, um, gutenberg was implemented on them which is you know i get that it, it becomes really personal yeah so what's your opinion on what the future holds for WooCommerce builders? What can they expect to see more of in 2022? So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a big year. You're going to see, in fact, I just noticed today, uh, I was playing with 5.9 beta and WooCommerce 6.1, that there are, if you go into full site editing templates, there are now some templates ready. There is a, a categories template, a tags template, WooCommerce, these are WooCommerce tags template, a WooCommerce single product template, so they're definitely going to be starting to build some single product blocks, I'm guessing, which is going to have some impact on our WooBuilder blocks plugin, um, which I'm I'm quite excited about in some ways. Um, so you're going to you're going to see um, WooCommerce focusing on full site editing. The speed of that is going to be slow because of the speed of full site editing rollout and the speed of and the number of full site editing themes that are available. So there's going to be some really exciting opportunities for early adopters to get into full site editing and WooCommerce, and that's where we want to be well placed. But there's still going to be the, all the all the legacy stuff for a long, long time. Um, so there's that. I think there's going to be um, a focus on full site editing themes in WooCommerce. We still haven't seen many of those, um, so that's a really interesting space, uh, which is surprising. I've I've seen some comments about storefront being, I mean, it's still being developed and it's still being quite highly developed as far as I can see, but there's got to be, there's got to be in their view, I would have thought a full site editing theme for WooCommerce. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of exciting as well. So it's all, I mean, their focus is going to be very highly Gutenberg and very highly full site editing. Those two things for sure are going to be big in 2022, but I think the speed will be, the speed will be slower. The speed will be naturally quite slow as it has to be when they've got such, you know, I was, I was um, looking at the, reviews of WooCommerce blocks today. So if you go to WordPress.org and look at the reviews of WooCommerce blocks, which is their Gutenberg plugin that gives, which is separate to the core. It kind of, it's a bit like Gutenberg that it's, it's a few steps ahead of what goes into core WooCommerce. But the reviews on, on WooCommerce blocks are pretty critical. Um, but it's a great plugin. It's an absolute, you know, it's a great plugin. It's incredibly robust when I've used it. Uh, 
and that's the issue they have because and you you'll so they've got to be quite careful i think in terms of how they roll out stuff into core woocommerce with gutenberg because the support when you're dealing with an installation base of over 5 million sites this in the support uh could be an absolute nightmare if if you roll this stuff out when a gutenberg's still being developed full site editing's really early so you know, I think they've, they're they're very wise to move quite slowly into this space and only really start to execute stuff when when the sands aren't still shifting under their feet. So I, I think we'll see some exciting stuff, but it might be a bit more slow than perhaps we'd like. Yeah, that's spot on. Yep, yep, I agree. And I think they're right to do that. You know, absolutely right to do that. I think what their their, their approach will definitely be that they're going to do. Um, you'll be able to build templates. Um, single product templates using full set editing, but the core experience of um, putting data into WooCommerce products will continue to be a very structured way of inputting data. In fact, if I was running WooCommerce, I would I would make it more abstract still, because basically the interface you want for in, inputting data into products isn't a visual building interface. You want it to be like a data. You want it a structured data interface. So I think, you know, if I was them, I would I would kind of update that interface to have a nice, sexy, nice, sexy interface. But it wasn't a page building interface. That happened, that should happen naturally in the full site editing template building section of it. And that 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 gives me a nice abstraction. That's where you put your data into your products. This is where you actually design your product page. And full site editing just absolutely nails that. So you know, I that's that's what I would concentrate on if I were then. I'm sure they will. Well, I think to kind of wrap this up, I think Anna has uh, one non-woo question. I mean, we always, I mean, we, we, yeah, we like to talk woo, but there's, you know, I know, you know, fortunately you have a life beyond woo too. So um, I'm sure she has something on her mind. Well, <laughs> it's, it's not that personal, but I have a personal curiosity. I want to know more yeah. about your Swift art project. I find it really beautiful and wow. interesting and really completely out of what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, so this is going to be quite hard to explain. So um, Swift, Swift, is, Swift is like the biggest... Uh, Swift is an online cycling game. So it's indoor, indoor cycling. And it's absolutely enormous and hugely popular. So you get on your bike and you... you I'm, I'm a keen cyclist. And you have this virtual world that you cycle around, but it's 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 really for cyclists, and it measures all your stats, and you go up and down hills, and you can you can race against other people. So it's a huge online gaming experience, but it's a fitness game. So it's a bit like Peloton, but kind of you know for for proper cyclists. Sorry, Peloton people out there. Um, so it's enormously popular. And then a, a few years ago, I approached. I had this idea that people. So when people cycle, they have these. They call them pain caves. Pain caves. Uh, they basically kit out uh, dens or studios or um, studies where they do their cycling. And so I had this idea that people would like to have some art on their wall as they're doing their cycling. So I came up with the idea of um, creating some art around Swift. So you can go, we've created this beautiful piece of art, all all hand-drawn by this artist I worked with, uh, of the mountains in this virtual world. And we approached Swift and the CEO, and they loved the idea, and they gave us the green light for the project. So we we launched that about a year and a half, two years ago, just as a side hustle. But again, it's my passion. It's another passion project, and it's just been a fantastically fun project to do. So it's at swiftart.com if you want to go and check it out. It's cool stuff. 
I I learned that it was really complicated to translate the three dimensional world into one man. Yeah, yeah, because you want to try to you're trying you're trying to encapsulate a three D world in one in one image and make it beautiful as well. Something that so it was a very cre- it was a kind of it was a very creative project. Sold it through WooCommerce, of course, as well. So the platform was WooCommerce. So the platform. There we of go. Course. <laughs> this <laughs> is where passion meets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. yeah. So I knew how to do that bit. <laughs> Jamie, where can people connect with you? Yep. So um, website is poodlepress.com. Twitter is uh, at poodlepress. Uh, those are probably the best places. Or YouTube. Go and check. Go and just go and Google Gutenberg on YouTube, and you'll find me dominating the, the search results for Gutenberg on YouTube because I do about two Gutenberg videos a week. I'm currently three thousand seven hundred subscribers, growing at four hundred a month, and um, going crazy on YouTube. So my target next year is ten thousand to hit ten thousand subscribers, which I'm one hundred below per month run rate. So I need more subscribers. So actually. Forget what I said. Just go to YouTube and subscribe to my channel. Said subscribe. <laughs> yeah, that's the focus. And actually, we might be doing some really, really cool, exciting stuff that I can't talk about yet um, with a big company potentially on YouTube going forward. But anyway, more on that another time. So yeah, YouTube, go and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Excellent. So um, do check out his YouTube channel. And Jamie, uh, just would like to thank you for um, coming on the show. It's been great. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Bob. That's been great. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in to today's show. I would like to give one more shout out to our two pod friends. Make sure and check out the 2021 Klaviyo Consumer Report to help you better understand your own clients at do the woo slash friend slash Klaviyo. And when your clients are looking for cash flow assistance with their marketing and inventory, do send them over to wayflyer.com. Make sure to follow us either on Twitter, on the podcast here at dothewoo.io, or on your favorite podcast app. Until the next time, 